This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It isn't September and it's not October. It's not November. It's not December. It's not January. It's not February. It's March and Ipswich Town are still in the automatic positions in the championship promotion race. Five wins on the trot. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Ridiculous, Dave. Ridiculous. I thought, okay, the transfer window's closed and the natural order has kind of set itself. And look, we're in the wrong place at the wrong time and the three parachute teams are really good. And here's five wins on the trot to shove that right up my backside, hey? Unbelievable, Dave. Second position in March. I saw something earlier that said after Leicester beat Sheffield Wednesday on the 13th of February, it's like two weeks ago, isn't it? Um, <laughs> just before we played Millwall the next day, they went 18 points clear of us. Obviously, then that was their extra game. So, you know, obviously we beat Millwall to 50. It's just absolutely incredible. I, hands up. I don't think any of us, after we slipped out of second, what, back in early Feb, was it? Maybe end, end of Jan, early Feb. Dave, quickly, you say slipped out overtaken by a 22-game undefeated streak by one of the parachute teams and a nine-game win streak by the other. But, yeah, I take your point. Absolutely. I must admit, I thought, OK, was, I think we all, to a man, thought that, didn't we? That Yeah, that that's probably top two. You know, probably we won't be in the top two again this season. But now all bets are off and, Christ, top two. I think we're, we're, looking, at, we're looking at top, aren't we? <laughs> Don't... Man. Madness. I... I've I've always felt we could get in the top two, and I sort of from the very start of the season, and I still still do now. And it was just I think the bad run, sort of in inverted commas, run was really overplayed. And I thought I thought we came out of that in in pretty good shape from the the number of games we had. There weren't really any stinking results in that time. There's a couple of poorer results, and once it didn't want, but we never dropped below two points per game. We're currently at 
2.15, is it? We're on and track. 17 sort of, from the last eight, Joe. Yeah. But we're on track for nine, 98.6 points a season still. So we're, we're not second because everyone's stumbling around us. Yeah. Leeds drew with Huddersfield yesterday. But yeah, they, they've won nine on the bounce. No team's ever won 10 on the bounce at this level. So it's not a. Uh, that's not true. Aston Villa did and Burnley did last season, but continue. Okay. What did they do? 10, did they? I thought they did Yeah, nine. Burnley did 10 last season. Aston Villa, 18, 19. Charlton, the record. Um, thank you to Chris okay. Rand in the Telegram group for all my lovely uh, armed with stats on winning streaks. Carry on, Joe. But but ultimately, these teams, when you win nine games in a row, chances are you are going to not win one. You're not you're not just going to keep winning. You don't look at the fixture and say, oh, yeah, we're playing Huddersfield, so we're going to win that. And same with Southampton. You go half a season unbeaten. Chances are you're, you're going to drop a couple of games at some point and that's all that's happened and to see where we are and how we've achieved it and the points tally we've got to be there we're like I say we're absolutely we're absolutely flying and yeah we we might not make it we we might do make it but there's there's now it's now very very much two teams into four now isn't it where it looked like it was one team yes. to three like I said Dave said we were 18 behind 18 points behind Leicester I know we had two games in hand <laughs> but they, they can't. They, they can't. Oh, Surely dear. they can't. They can't. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Do not wow. be ridiculous. And one of the one of the things I was speaking Let's about go. on the sort of on the coach yesterday with Colin, he's mentioned it there. And previously on here, we, I've mentioned this when you're talking about squads and managers who've got the experience of getting over the line. And obviously, Leeds maybe the players don't have much, but they've got Daniel Fark who has timed these <laughs> runs to promotion. Brilliantly, sadly for us, twice in the past. Russell Martin, I don't think he's ever done that as a manager. He's, he's never really even been in contention at the business end of a season as a manager. And now Enzo Moresco, who looked like he was gone, is now back in it. And there, I, I know it's cliche to say, and there obviously is pressure on us, but in reality, there's no pressure on us to, to be where we are, is there? That Obviously, that it brings its own pressure, but there's no... Kieran McKenna's not going to be having the fans on his back or in trouble if we don't make the top two, where... All the, all the other teams, if they don't get over the line, there's going to be sort of real big queries. If if Leicester don't win another next couple, people are going to be wanting Enzo Maresca sacked in that Leicester fan base, aren't they? So it's a it's a funny position. Dave, what I like about this now is we get to the point of the season where the window shuts, and like I covered a couple of games at the weekend on my YouTube channel. I know what everybody's best team is. I know what all the managers are going to do with their best 11. And Dave, I'm not telling you it's an even playing field because of the financial you know, stuff that we talk about way too much, but it's an even playing field now. We know what the squads are. The squads are fixed until the end of the season. It's now down to how well these teams are coached. There's, no one's going to sign a player now for 10 million quid. You might get an injury, but we're... We're in this now, and we are in this now, aren't we? I mean, I think this this is just spookily mirroring so much from last season, is it? And honestly, you look at it now, and I think, you know, maybe our transfer window was just good enough to perhaps get us over the line. It's just incredible. Again, you know, you're looking at, you know, Kiefer Moore, absolutely, okay, he was always touted, but absolutely, absolutely inspired. And and in hindsight, oh, well, would we have gone for both if, if Stansfield had if Stansfield had come across? Would we have gone for both? I think we probably would have had to, probably because obviously Stansfield wouldn't have fulfilled the, the George Hurst role. But this is just, as people are saying on the chat there, it's so mirroring so much from last season. Um, you know, are Leicester going to be the Sheffield Wednesday? I mean, it's just <laughs> bonkers. It is. It's nuts. 
Um, as Norman said, I think Norman just said on the chat, I think we've, did he say something? We've acquired 173 points in the last two seasons with 11 games to go. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal, Absolutely. isn't it? But what, what a season, what a championship, what a league, you know, I mean, there was, you know, jokes in midweek about Klopp, you know, even Klopp, you know, raving about the league or watching the division. And it's, it is just so unpredictable. So just all over the place really, isn't it? It's brilliant. Absolutely what- brilliant. And what is unpredictable is that I've ditched the script like one second into this podcast. Sorry, everyone. We did the first seven minutes completely based on emotion and off the cuff, but I felt we had to. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. We are live here on YouTube. Get involved. Have your say in the chat. We'll put as many up as we can. We're reading all of them, but um, we'll go to the questions um, in sort of segment four after about half past eight. If you are listening after the fact on audio, we appreciate the hell out of you. Do have a little think though about coming and joining us live each and every Sunday. Um, So Joe, our old muckers, Plymouth, are rivals from last season in a brilliant promotion race there. Um, And here's how we line up, Joe. Fladke in goal, uh, Davis, Burgess, Wolfenden, Axel, Tuan Zabi, uh, right back. Morsi partnered by Lewis Travis and um, a couple of the big names not there. Sarmiento starts, Hutchinson starts, but Chaplin in the 10, more in the nine. Joe, your thoughts on the team and as much on the players missing as the ones that stepped in? Well, we, we knew we were without Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead and I think we all knew Amari Hutchinson would be one of the ones to take the role, but there was a lot of discussion over Sarmiento or Harness for the other role. I personally thought that Harness would be the one that would get the nod. So you've got Sarmiento potentially come to make an impact off the bench later in the game. And then we find out that um, Massimo Wongo is ill, so he doesn't get off the coach at, at Plymouth or at Home Park yesterday. So Lewis Travis comes in and, and another start for him since he signed in January. But that's three big, big players for us to be without Luongo, Burns and Broadhead. So we've gone down there without them. And you look at it, I think you really want to get a win out of this one. And so I met a mate down there who's, uh, he's an Aston Villa fan, but lives in Plymouth and chatted to a couple of Plymouth fans in the pub yesterday. And it was you got quite an interesting feel for what they were going to be doing with their side since the new managers come in as well. Uh, Dave, anything to add on the Ipswich team or do you want me to go on the Plymouth side? No, I don't think so. Um, Luongo, obviously, we're, we're, we're now aware that he was absent with an, with an illness. So um, I know we're going to have a look at what's going on next, um, on Tuesday um, in a little while. But um, yeah, maybe he'll be back in contention for, for Tuesday. But no, as Joe said, perhaps there was a, a thought that perhaps Harness might play might play and then Sarmiento coming on is more of an impact but you know after watching the game yesterday it was it was quite decent it was the other way around wasn't it really uh so Plymouth as I say great rivalry I can't speak great rivalry with them um last season so we're pretty familiar Hazard in goal not that rascal Cooper um who's been very unlucky with injury so we wish him um well it's incredible that Cooper because he's on the bench and it's like Mm. It's loyalty to a fault, I think, to their keeper because Cooper is an exceptional keeper. So oh, it does seem yeah. does seem strange to mm. not put him back in the team now he's fit. Uh, Galloway, he sounds like a bus. Gibson and Plegazelo across the back. Sorinola down the right. Miller down the left. Um, the central midfield we came up against last season: Randell and Houghton. The excellent Hardy, the extremely excellent Whitaker, and on loan from Leeds. 
Um, Darko JB, um, thoughts on that Plymouth 11, uh, Dave? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think too, um, too many surprises there. I'm a bit surprised and I'm not sure. I haven't really followed it, but whether he's been injured or not. But um, Barley Mumba's out of favour, apparently, who was, again, outstanding for them the last mm. season, but seemingly, um, seemingly, um, you know, benched bench these days um but just on that dave remember this is not stephen schumacher in charge anymore. no 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 this i'm aware of that yeah. since december yeah it's, yeah? A different, yeah it's a different different setup obviously a different different style you know watching it yesterday they certainly weren't weren't so um what's the word easy on the eye maybe perhaps is that the, is that the right phrase but um no, you know, we know we knew that we, we said on the pod last week, you know, the danger really comes um from Whitaker and um, particularly Hardy, who's been in pretty decent form, goal scoring form. So yeah, um no great surprises there, I don't think. Um, Joe, you were at the game, you made the heroic trip and yeah, sure. get your applause emojis in for anybody who made it down there. Um, oh not just gosh. Joe in the chat. I kind of want to do this like it's round 46 and we need to go through chronologically because it was a bonkers day elsewhere with things flipping and flopping. So I will just say in the midday kickoff or the 12.30, we knew already that Leeds winning streak had ended uh, um, Huddersfield. So we knew the chance was open with a win to take second back with Leicester guaranteed to win at home to QPR and Southampton visiting a Birmingham side who we dispatched fairly well um so that's the setup um joe do you want to kind of take us through a first half which my kind of understanding of based on the numbers and what i've heard and you'll be able to give me the eye test was pretty tight yeah yeah pretty tight pretty scrappy really the, con the conditions were tough again which we sort of had at the last away game at swansea and there it was very we were we were playing into quite a strong wind and it was very very wet like i say the people in that stand on the left of the Ipswich fans were getting absolutely soaked there so there's no roof on that part of the stand but it was just we we tried to play at the back and hladke and sort of got into a bit of trouble a couple of times but without without it sort of being serious trouble i thought down their left hand side and on our right between Zabi and Hutchison, they didn't quite get to grips with giabi and sort of the Miller, who was coming over there, and there wasn't really many chances. Hutchinson had a couple of half opportunities to get away. It's very, very bitty. The ref seemed to have a very low bar for what he was going to give a foul for, and it, and we didn't react to that. There's a couple of times where Hutchinson was going into the corner, and rather than just see the player out, with just sort of a gentle push in the back and give them the chance to turn around. And it just, it, like I say, it was just quite a quite a frustrating game to watch there. There wasn't really. Any big chance, Kiefer Moore flicked ahead at a goal. And probably the best chance of the game was sort of a ball ended up at Miller's feet with a shot of goal, which like I, said, I don't know if the replay shows it, but to me that was going that was going wide. But Wolf gets volley. back to sort of clear it effectively away on the off the line. He, he does really well to get there and not that end had up. Own goal written all over it, Joe. See the ball yeah. into his own goal, yeah, gets gets his body shape turned round and knocks it away. And like I say, it, it, it wasn't going in for me, but it was a uh, probably the moment of the half and we got through that and it wasn't there what there what there was like there's a couple of times where Sarmiento had the ball and Hutchinson he had the whole pitch to aim at for Hutchinson to play into and then just sort of pass the ball off the pitch and we were trying to spring Hutchinson a lot but the passing a, a lot of it wasn't quite working Morsey but the only the only thing I would say is I thought Morsey and Travis between them were really starting to get on top of the battle in there because it, it really was a midfield battle in there and they were they were really getting on top of it and, and doing well and I think that gave us a platform for the second half 
Dave, anything to add on the first half? No, I don't think so. From what I saw of it, um, that was a nice little flick header, but half you'd expect Hazard to, to save that, and he did. And um, yeah, it looked well. And when I watching it back again, back on the TV, the volley from Miller, I think looked probably going wide. But Grace, as Joe quite rightly said, brilliant cover from from Wolford, and his body shape was right, just as well it wasn't Leaf because that'd have been in, wouldn't it? Obviously, but um, yeah, that was superb from Wolford. And I'll continue with my last day of the season Sky Sports stuff. At half time, Leicester were losing to QPR and Southampton were losing to Birmingham, Dave. And you're sort of sitting there thinking, oh my God, if if there's a win for us and you know, even just one of those Anything, results, which yeah. spoiler alert is what happened, you start to think, oh. Flick back round in our favour by the end of the day, Dave. Did you have that feeling at halftime? Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, you did. I mean, as, as Joe said, the first half was, yeah, what's the word, attritional, wasn't it? Really, it was a, it, it was a really bad one. And as Joe said again, I think we were looked like we're just about getting on top. Um, you know, ready for the second half. And then um, I can't remember. I was, I was sort of following the game on. I was following Sky Sports and stuff like that. I can't recall when QP, whether Chaplin had just scored. It was almost fairly close to when Sinclair Armstrong scored the second goal for QP. Oh, Christ, he roared that one in, didn't he? Flip yeah. the neck. But um, um, yeah, you think, right, 2 1. And then oh, that's right. Yeah, it went, went to 2 0. And then I saw sort of flipping neck. You know, QPR winning 2 0 less than it. By the time it got to to the reporter at the game, it was two one. Literally, they scored with the next the next attack. You thought, oh, here we go, you know. But um, yeah, just and then I think we scored, and then think, oh my god, we're going to be three points. But let, never mind Leeds and Southampton. Leicester are well in our sights. Um, so that's the setup, Joe. Do you want to take us from um, half time up to the goal? I've got a couple of questions for you. Was there a tangible difference? Did we? take the game um, during the second half. And do you remember last year when we were moaning about Plymouth seemingly getting loads of deflected goals? I just wonder just wonder whether that had um, crossed your mind at all since yesterday. But um, take those in whatever order or spirit you like, Joe. Yeah, I felt when we came out at the start of the second half, we, um, we were quite on top straight away. We seemed to have stepped it up. And I think that sort of went for almost every player on the pitch. They all they all just seemed to be a, that little bit sharper. At half time you notice so all the subs are warming up and all of a sudden the sun came out, the rain cleared and it's sort of in the away end, sort of you get the sun in your eyes a little bit there. But I don't think it was affecting the pitch, but it did make just conditions a bit easier. But we just seemed to be two, three, four, five, ten yards further up the pitch where we were playing. We were getting the ball to Hutchinson a lot more. He was sort of starting to make things happen. Leif Davis was getting across. He had one where he sort of put a cross in, which Kiefer Moore just headed down to the keeper. Sort of another, another easy save. But we were start, we were starting to get in and starting to get behind. We were winning the, sort of winning the fifty fifties, picking up the second balls, and that's probably where the goal comes from. That it's we sort of push them back a little bit. The midfielder's got it. Morsey just goes in and nip, nips it off his toes, pushes on with it. Chaplin gives the ball back to Morsey who drives up the pitch, which he did a number of times yesterday, sort of really carried us forward and drove up, passed the ball to Chaplin. Chaplin just sort of does what sometimes you'd like to see him do, just get the ball out of his feet and have a shot. It's probably not the greatest shot he'll ever hit. It's off his wrong foot and it looks like it's As going well wide. he's on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it, it was going, I was, I had a really good angle of it and it was, mm-hmm. and it was going well wide and then it hits the defender and it loops up and, the sort of the celebration started from the right of the Ipswich Sand, as they could tell that the ball was going in, and it just sort of carried across, 
the stats of the rest of us there as you saw the ball just float in. And yeah, it was quite nice to score a deflected goal against Plymouth after it seemed that, well, against us, they even scored sort of two or three deflected goals last season, let alone against everyone else. They managed to just find a way to get over the line. I'm going to stand up for Plymouth, Dave, because um, um, I just always remember us studying that incredible Norwich season in 2018-19. And that taught me that deflected goals, are, it's not often luck. And it stands to reason that the teams that make the most shots and are the most attacking teams score the most deflected goals. That's and it's also a function of how these teams make defenders defend. Yeah. Yeah. Now that one, Joker rightly said he Chaplin gets on his moves on his obviously weaker foot. And um yeah, that is that is going <laughs> that is pretty much going. I wouldn't say he quite shanked it, golf term Ben. I wouldn't say quite he quite shanked it, but it was going <laughs> it was going pretty well wide and um it was one of those whap 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 moments, wasn't it, where the keeper's just got no chance and he's just watching it and it just bounces pretty pretty slowly in the right in the right corner. Lovely old job. And there was, a, there was a bit of talk in the away end because obviously everyone was keeping track of all the other scores. And it's like, we we went there knowing that if we won, we'd go second. And then Leicester are going behind. And it's, it just felt like we we everyone could sense there was a real opportunity to turn this into a brilliant day for Ipswich. And mm. just so desperate for the team to do it and so desperate for the players to get over the line that there was sort of a real palpable sense of relief when that goal went in as well. Yeah. What you need, Joe, is a second goal in situations <laughs> like this. But... Um, I think we all realised at that point that Birmingham, I'm still doing my Sky Sports final day multi-screen thing here. Birmingham were down to 10 minutes at that point and um, Southampton were rallying. Um, Joe, I put Craig in an awful position last week saying, are we better with Kiefer Moore than we were with George Hurst? As much as everybody bloody loves George Hurst. But I tell you what, I bloody love Kiefer Moore, Joe. Yeah, and I, I, I said at the time when we did the transfer window pod at the end of it that ultimately Kiefer Moore is a better player at the moment than George Hurst, isn't he? he is, he's got the extra experience. He's scored a hell of a lot of goals at, at this level. He's played in World Cups, Euros, internationals. And like we like I said, we love George Hurst and he's done fantastically for us. But ultimately, he's a 24, 24-year-old striker who up until this stage had never scored a championship goal up until this season. And he's progressed really well. And he's going up against a sort of, what what's more 31 year old veteran who's mm. scored 50 60 goals at this level and scored goals in big games elsewhere and he's just uh i'd say he's, he's a really really good player and he really has given us that option where Hurst yeah can run the players wider is a bit more mobile more the way he holds the ball up is second to none at this level he's a he's a, he's a premier league striker or a at least a championship sort of parachute payment club style striker and he's just scoring what's it's five games or five goals so five in seven games a, now five and an assist um yep. he's only played 90 minutes twice and obviously his first two goals came in 45 minutes joe yeah and when when you look at the um the goal it's your classic big man little man combo isn't it chaplin flicking the ball on for Kiefer moore to volley home so you, you see that going in and it's just uh well, like I say, it's a fantastic finish. I think the corner breaks down, it goes back. Davis knocks a very long ball over them. Sort of when it left his foot, there was a sort of, oh, sort of the groan around there. But Burgess does fantastically to fantastically to get there and keep it in. And Chaplin's alive to it and does the right thing as opposed to try and 
be too aggressive and knocks it down. And the finish is a, that's a brilliant a class finish, finish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not brilliant. an easy ball to hit, yeah. and it's just in the back of the net before you know it. Dave's just smiling. I want to hear what he's going to say. <laughs> no, you're right. I think you can't underestimate the Chaplin awareness in that goal. It was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Now, you know, he, he, you know, as Joe said, as the ball and Burgess does really well at the back post when he knocks it down, it's easy for Chaplin perhaps to almost try and take a touch and have a go because he's reasonably close in, take a touch, get the ball down, have a go himself. But he's got a brilliant awareness just to nod it back and. Yes, it's a class finish, and it like keeper's got no chance. Low to his right, absolutely hammered. It's sweet, sweet volley. So, yeah, it's soon at that stage. Um, yeah, just in, incredible again. Comfortable um, after the second goal? Did that kill it, Joe? That's probably as good as we've seen out of game as I've as I've seen from us under McKenna. We just were totally on top. We just passed, passed, passed them to death. Just drew them back in forwards, then were playing through them, just knocking the triangles. It seemed to give everyone sort of 20% more energy on our team and 20% less energy on their team. They, they just they just didn't get near us for the last, after that goal. That I don't think, I think they had that one shot, didn't they, that Hladky pushed onto the post. But yeah. That was, that was probably the only time they went into our half almost at that, or at least into our final third. We were just very, very comfortable. And I say, we, we, we were just miles better than them at that stage and that's that's how you expect to see a top team see off a sort of relegation threat club and I was, I was pretty unimpressed by Plymouth yesterday in general yeah and we'll we'll get into the roundup and me calling Plymouth safe a couple of weeks ago I may be backtracking on that after a ridiculous couple of weeks down at the bottom of the championship Dave just, let me give you let me give you the I'm numbers sorry. Dave Coming in a minute, Joe. Um, let me give you the numbers, Dave. Um, you can give me your summings up and then we'll go. Um, we'll return to Joe. Um, all looks lovely, Dave. Look, 61%, um, 39 in Ipswich's favour on the possession. 1.02 to 0.51. So exactly double in terms of the chance quality throughout the game. 14 shots to nine. Six shots on target. Only gave up two shots on target, which is great. One big chance to zero. Seven corners to five. Um, the numbers, Dave, say excellent away performance against a side who were a real nemesis for us last season. Almost perfect away performance. You know, you, you say you have to win, you know, win the battle to earn the right to play. And I think they did that. They did that first half, came out with a perhaps a, a slightly different mindset. Um, second half after weathering a storm as such, but, you know, perhaps on top by the end of the first half, took that through to the second half and saw it out. And someone posted there on the chat there, you know, it's our, it's our game management these days, you know, after we go, after we, you know, after we get ahead, it's especially away, I think. I mean, not so, perhaps at Portman Road, perhaps it's quite, maybe because of the bigger crowd and it gets a bit perhaps edgy. We've seen that. We've said that before coming from the ground. But get so, forward! Yeah, I think certainly away. Not messing like, around Joe, with it at the back. There, yes, I think certainly away. Um, we just seem to manage, other than, let me think, Rob, perhaps Rotherham, we conceded late, didn't we, late, late. Other than that, I mean, we just, when we're ahead, we just seem to just be able to see these games out really reasonably comfortably, and that's not really Dave, the Ipswich just Town way. Quickly, in reasons, well, Dave, I don't want to be pedantic. I was at the Rotherham game, and they chucked a couple of set plays in and scored a lot. Yeah, yeah, scores, no, it, it can it, happen. Well, yeah, it, it was great finish. Those, wasn't it? It was great finish as well. We it was, yeah, yeah. Top corner, didn't they? But, um, yeah, it's just our it's just our ability to see these to see these games out, and it's yeah, um, and that's what will 
you know, say it quietly. That's just, they're the sort of games that will that'll get you up. Swansea, exactly the same. Um, you know, attritional, gritty. Saw it out and saw it out again yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Joe's off to a flyer, obviously on the twelve-game prediction. I think no <laughs> doubt it was a win for Joe. I think, I think, I must admit, I think I had a draw. Yesterday. I had a draw in this one. I had a draw yeah. yesterday, so yeah, just absolutely. So just the team goes on. It's ten. We won ten away games. <laughs> ten away games. I mean, in, yeah, just incredible. Just you almost lost for lost for words now. And the sequence of results, which we'll get onto in a minute. Yesterday, just almost, almost bar one, perfect day. Joe, before you get to your summings up, Dave has set that up beautifully for me. So. It was almost the perfect day. It was a bloody brilliant day anyway, so yeah, we'll, you know, we'll not moan. But QPR beat Leicester, which, um, I don't know, put, maybe put it to the chat. Would you rather Would you rather Leicester had lost yesterday or... or so? Well, I don't know. Who, who cares? Um, but a late, late goal by Joe Rebo for Southampton squidges, squidges it up. And look, we'll talk about it later, Joe, because we're coming to your summings up. But sometimes in these things... You'd almost rather there was the more teams possible are involved because you get a bit more get a bit more chaos and they can all trip each other up. And if you if you hold, um, of course, obviously I'd love it if there was just two teams involved, Ipswich, which were massively clear in one of them. But hey ho, look look how my expectations have changed since the season. Joe, do you want to give your summings up on your was it five a.m. start? And I saw on your Instagram <laughs> story half midnight landing back. Yeah, it was a it was a very long day. I'd. Um... I had to be at Portman Road at 4.45 for the coaches. So I was <laughs> up early, left the house at sort of 25 to 5, got parked up and got on the coach. Yeah. And we we got that. We got we made pretty good time. It's just you have to stop when you're on the coach, don't you? And it's a bit frustrating. But yeah, nice. I walked into the city with a mate, had a couple of beers, walked back. And then sort of the weather was the weather was quite bad walking back. And then through the game but I'd like to say I'd chat to him and he's sort of quite up to date with how Plymouth are doing and spoke to a few Plymouth mates up there and there's not it's, it's not a massively happy camp down there it, it seems that obviously they had the good win away at Middlesbrough last week but for me Plymouth looked a shadow of the side we've seen of them previously they've been they've been a side and I know it's always been a side under Schumacher but even back to the game at Portman Road this season they were, uh, they were unlucky in the games, oh, yeah the games last season where Every time we play them, they've always found a way, whether it's Barley Mumba, Morgan Whitaker, Ryan Hardy, um, or Adam Randall. They've always found a way. Or Finnazaz. They've always found a way of getting the ball to their best players in dangerous positions, sort of just being a little bit, um, sort of setting themselves up in in ways that sort of trapped us and just to to free up their best players in the best, in good positions where yesterday they seem to be playing such an orthodox style, a real orthodox. I know Giabi was probably the player that sort of changed them a 3-4-3 to a 3-5-2, but they were they were very basic formations where when you look at how we set up, it is really like a 2-3-5 or a 3-2-5. And that's what they that's what they'd done previously. And I, I just didn't I just didn't feel they asked us any real questions yesterday. And you see the amount of touches that Whitaker and Hardy had, and it was just fewer few and far. And and then you see where they touched the ball and they just did not they did not get them on the ball anywhere to cause us any damage, which I'd imagine is going to be quite a difficult... They're going to be in for a difficult few weeks if they can't start scoring because they're not rock-solid defensively. There we go. Plymouth nil, Ipswich Town 2. And we'll, um, yeah, we'll go over the um, exact implications of that and the rest of the Championship round 
35 11 to go second place of the comp. Cannot bloody believe it. But with that being said, I need to calm down, as everyone told me last week, and go to a promo from our lovely friends at Innovation Labs. We'll see you in 33 seconds. In the words of Jess Stelling, you can count them. Innovation Labs, providing co-working and innovation hubs across East Anglia. We're the perfect place for remote workers, freelancers, startups, or innovators to do business. Our unique member network creates extensive business development and collaboration opportunities. Hot desks are available from £20 a day or £99 per month, with business coaching also available from £50. Innovation Labs, turning your ideas into multi-million pound business. Located in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, with new sites in Fetford, Norwich, and Kuala Lumpur. Opening soon. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you need a VPN to protect you while online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films, and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer, and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Hi, Jeff. See, women completed a Devon double. Easy for me to say thanks to that, Rich. By beating Plymouth women 3-1 goals scored by the front three of Thomas, Gunning-Williams and Peskett. And reminder tickets for the game at Portman Road on 23rd of March. That was plugged big style by Mark Ashton and Kieran McKenna with Matty Holland on Town TV. They go on sale tomorrow um, for those people who are going to be heading to see their girls play on the hallowed turf of Portman Road. Going to be brilliant. Um, we are going to be putting out a bit of an extra show for you. There's going to be um, going to get Joe and Dave's views on the Bristol City game. So we are going to have, um, and give us a thumbs up in the chat if you like this, um, a flagship Extra. Is that what we're calling it? Um, I don't know what we're calling it. Are we? Hang on. I've got a bit of art to tell me. Flagship extra time. There you go. I've been in a bloody rehearsal for eight hours today. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and Cardiff pre-match is going to be on Thursday. And we've got a post-match. So you've got a show 
every bloody day this week. It's almost like we're doing really well and we're really enjoying making the content. So let me do them in the right order here. You've got the Bristol City um, flagship extra time. You've got the post-game Bristol City. That's going to be with Mikey and Seb and then Rich will join once he's run up the hill back home. Uh, then we'll have the preview show uh, for the weekend, Cardiff. That will be on Thursday, and then we're into um, we're back into it with next weekend, um, guys. If you want to get your questions in, have them primed uh, for maximum chance. We've got amazing viewership tonight. We're absolutely in, absolutely thrilled that so many people are um, not interested in us, but interested in this story that we're um, talking on now. So if you want the maximum chance of your question getting read out, just hold it until um, we go to Joe on the championship and then fire it in and we'll go to the um, questions segment. But with that being said, a typically logical weekend in the championship, everybody. Uh, West Brom with the Friday night game. They still look well set for fifth place, although uh, kind of looking at sixth place as a playoff opponent or, or none of them at the moment. But there you go. I'm getting well carried away, aren't I? Bristol City nil. Cardiff won. We'll talk about that on the show tomorrow night, okay? Um, Huddersfield won, Leeds won. Massive implications that. And as Joe mentioned, it's hardly a crime to draw an away game in a local derby, but such is the standard, as we've said many, many times. And there it is. Birmingham three, Southampton four. A big win, that for Southampton. It's really starting to bubble if they don't get that. 96th minute winner from Joe Rebo. And there is the unholy trinity. Leicester won. QPR 2. Leicester back to back to back defeats three in a row for them, their foxes, who looked like they were fox trotting their way to a championship total and points record. I'm going to get on that accidental partridge channel after that one, aren't I? And I'm damn proud of it too, Dave. Uh, Millwall won. Watford nil. Uh, Millwall amazing under Neil Harris, but wait until you see what else happened down the bottom because it guarantees absolutely nothing. Uh, Norwich won, Sunderland nil, the talisman sergeant doing it again for Norwich. Uh, there's our result. Uh, Preston nil, Hull nil in the playoff race, the most boring bit of the table actually when you look at the bottom. Rotherham nil, Sheffield Wednesday won, like QPR, three wins in a row for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and I don't Fancy facing E.K. Ugbo anytime soon. They're red-hot striker. Stoke 2, Middlesbrough nil. It is mental at the mm -hmm. bottom. Swansea 2, Blackburn 1. I mean, Dave, we better focus on the top um, because it's just a kind of... It's like watching a car crash the bottom there where it looks like you are now genuinely going to have to score 50 points to stay well, in the championship this season. Just, but, just, just looking at the bottom, we spoke about Plymouth. Plymouth, obviously spoken about Plymouth, is two points separating Plymouth in 16th to Stoke in 22nd. Two points separating seven teams. And you quite rightly said, um, it's, you know, teams like Watford, 44, are on a pretty, look pretty... look at the points like, total. Pretty... Everybody is over a point per game from 23rd upwards. That yeah. never, no, never no. happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, you know, it seems like Watford are, are, aren't in the greatest form. They're certainly, um, you know, a couple of defeats coming up. 44 points! But, they, but honestly, they must surely be looking over their shoulders. You know, any any team that aren't in, aren't in any form at this moment in time, that uh, in that mid-table sector, must really be looking over their... Um, looking at the top of the table, though, David. 
Yeah, the top of the table. Just, just. I love to see the green. We're looking at the green, and we've gone from was it was it again? I think prior to that, um, maybe prior to the Millwall game, weren't we something like seventeenth in the form table since the turn of the year, or something ridiculous like that? Obviously, we're now top. Just a little little caveat there. Um, the last time we won five championship games on the trot was back in. I think 2000 and 2003 um, under Joe Rowe. And a couple of, I did a bit of research on that earlier. A couple of interesting games in that one. There was a nice, we remember that, a nice 6-1 home win over Burnley in that. And the last game oh, of we that. We were 5-0 up at half time in that game. Last, and Chatlow was playing for Burnley, wasn't he? Yeah, That's the last game of that run was the classic, <laughs> was the classic 4-3 away game at, um, at Palace when Coochie gets the fourth. And it's a mass bundle, if you remember. Bundle. Um Joe, uh, what the hell do you pull out of that round 35 load of results? It's, it's just crazy. That, that middle of the table, when you look at it, I know the last five games, there's so what much middle red of the table? in the middle of the table. <laughs> so there's so much red in there, isn't there? And when that, and then you go down to the bottom of the table, and there's so much green in there. So there is some, there's some good sides at the bottom of the table. QPR, Sheffield Wednesday are, are not relegation sides, are they? They might get relegated because of how poor their starts were under their previous managers but no they they are it is squeaky bum time down there like Swansea yeah. they were quite poor against us but they've just won back-to-back games since then had they not they'd be in the relegation zone and they, they didn't they weren't even sort of talking about relegation at that point I think just Jacob made a very interesting point in the um, in the chat and the, on the telegram basically saying that QPR Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham looked so bad and looked so far gone it seemed that an, a lot of clubs have changed manager to try and get to a better style rather than points. And I think you could put Millwall in that. Yeah. Birmingham maybe, but they were a harder one to judge because I think they were going to try and do that anyway. Swansea going away from Mike Duff to Luke Williams. And now these teams that maybe are making changes to transition for next season have now been dragged into a relegation fight where they thought they were probably safe (laughs) and the, the number is going up. Madness. Absolute bloody madness. And um yeah, just utterly riveting, utterly fascinating. Get your questions and we'll go to um the questions segment um right now. Stick a little cue before in them, a little question mark afterwards. You know, Peter knows the rules. Um, Dave, do you think the fact we were in a similar promotion race last year gives us the edge this year? And if it does, Dave, to whom does it give us the edge over? Well I think perhaps it I mean yeah, maybe not Leeds because of as as we said earlier in the show because of because of Farg and the experience and the experience he's got. But certainly, um, <laughs> given their current form, Leicester um, certainly Moresco's never sort of certainly been in that position, nor nor uh, I'd say the players either. And Southampton also to a degree, as, as Joe quite rightly said, Russell Martin's never experienced that either. So yes, obviously different levels, but it's got to stand you in good stead, hasn't it? You know, it's just holding, you know, holding your nerve, take that old cliche of taking a game at a time. We've been there, done that last season. Um, has to be a positive. Got to be. And we had to play a few teams who were above us in the in the league table as well. Um, and we, we, we're kind of in second at the, at the moment, aren't we? Um, but there you go. Uh, Martin. What do you consider to be our toughest remaining fixture? I'm going to go straight in, Dave and uh, Joe, and say that has to absolutely cannot be anything other than Norwich City away, surely. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so just because I think maybe the whole game away or the Coventry game might be a tougher game on paper. No, but the emotion. But, but that's Norwich, going to be the one that's just going to drain so much emotion yes. out of it. 
and like it did last time. And we've just got to make sure we can just get in and out of that game, whatever the result, and just move straight on to the next yeah. game afterwards. That no, that game isn't going to decide anything this season. No, and a biggie, a biggie. The previous game, isn't it? It's um, the Southampton game the, at home. The previous game, so um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, you're quite right. It's, it's the emotion and everything that the surrounding that game will just be huge. And look, they could well, you know, they're hate to say it, looking looking quite good at the moment and, and nigh on the playoffs. So yeah, it could be a different picture by that time for them. But if they're still, if they're still there or thereabouts, there, I've said it. Um, that is going to be huge. <laughs> That's, that is just um, going to be huge. I mean, is it every every look, every derby's huge, but that one could just have a totally context that perhaps never never experienced before. So I'm going to give Dave the yellow card for answering your question there, Joe. And I'm going to give you the next question, Joe, because Dave's kind of done two in a row there, hasn't he? Um, Philip, are Leicester doing a Sheffield Wednesday from last season, Joe? They can't, can they? So Wednesday won one in eight didn't they? And we are three, three down and the next three games are all quite tricky looking, aren't they? Yeah, I'd, I'd, they, they might do, but I don't think it, I don't think it would be as dramatic as a one in eight, but ultimately Sheffield Wednesday were flying high at the top of the league and then finished the season on 96 points. So it, I, I don't see that that's particularly out of the way that Leicester finished the season on 96 points and that might not be enough. To well, in third, well, it might not be enough to be, to get in the top two finishing on 96 points. I think, like I say, Sheffield Wednesday, I'm sure when they had that bad run of games last year, you said, OK, don't worry, you're going to finish on 96. Every family said, OK, we'll snap your hand up for that and take it. Because it took Ipswich winning sort of 13 of our last 15 games to get past them. Had we, had we not won 13 or 15, we wouldn't have got past them. But I, I can see um, so I, I, I can see Leicester stumbling a little bit more and finishing on 96. And like I say, they, they, might, they might just turn around and start rolling games out. They've got a tough run of away games coming up, but probably on the flip side, it might be better to be away from their home fans at the moment. General, what you watch them in that second half, okay, up from like 45 minutes onwards, even perhaps before that, in that Leeds away game, I, never, I thought they were by far the best, some of the best football I've seen in the championship this season. Dave, do you remember that 15 minutes in the first half at Portman Road? I thought, God, these oh, no. good, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 but that, that, minutes, that, that from half time through to 80 minutes in that in, in that Leeds away game, look, it's a week ago, just 10 days ago, <laughs> they were just outstanding. I thought some of the best football I've seen in the championship, just carving them open at will. But yeah. I, I think it's uh, strange because everyone talks about the strength of squad and how you look at their squad and it's the best squad in the league. And yeah, on paper, it looks like it is. But every time I see them, whenever they make the subs, unless it's a game where they're already 2-0 up and mm. the subs come on, no, just uh, sort of put a cherry on top. When it, when it's a game that needs subs to come on and make an impact, they're, they're not doing it. They didn't do it against us. They got worse when the subs came on. Both games against us, we got better. Against Leeds, the cu- subs come on, didn't make the difference. Well, and look what the look what the Leeds subs did in that game. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I do think for how, for however strong their squad is, whatever the reason, the, the manager hasn't been able to utilise the strength of that squad. It's quite one tempo, isn't it? The the kind of playing style. Um, Dave, uh, Ben, who starts between Clark and Tuan Xavier for you? Thought Axel was excellent yesterday. So did I. Yeah, I think he starts. He's in possession at the moment, and I think he starts. Simple, simple as, as I think. Simple as that. Streaky Joe, putting my distaste and blinkers to one side, and bearing in mind the others in the mix, I really can't see. Norwich making the playoffs. Can you? I think Norwich can make playoffs. Joe, I think if they yeah. keep um, Sergeant um, on the pitch and 
Rome might even be back for the playoffs as as well. They've got a they're they're on a good run, and um, if if yeah, I'll, that, that, I, I yeah, think there's no, one, there's one place, isn't there? Yeah, it's one place to go for. So it's going to be a real shootout between them, Coventry. It's probably them, Coventry and Hull. I know Preston are sort of there or thereabouts, but they they don't seem to have that same quality. But sort of one from those four is going to make it, and I, I can see them making it. They're a I know it's sort of pain set, but they're they're a good side now. They're they're, they're very very different to the side which turned up at Portman Road that we, I know, I know we didn't win, but we were much better than them that day. We'd be much better than them in the build-up, but they're a decent side. And Josh Sargent is a quality striker at this level for all the sort of mocking he got in the Premier League because he wasn't good enough for the Premier League. At this level, at this, at this level, he's a, he's a really good player and he's making a yeah. massive difference to them. Him just picking up a three-game suspension or something would be quite nice because they can't <laughs> seem to win without him. He's, he's, did, I, did I see somebody? He scored like 11 in 15. It's a hell of an output. He's almost scored a goal. That, when you look at 90, it's almost points, a goal a game. And their points per game with him and without him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he's it is. Really, yeah. really good, isn't he? Yeah, sharp. Yeah. Very sharp. Um, Dave from Michael, do you think, I can't do these nicknames, do you think Hutchinson is better <laughs> as a starter, a number 10, or an impact player? At what I personally. Love him coming off the bench out. So do I. Love him. Yeah. So do I. But again, yesterday he was he was good. Again, yesterday wasn't he? I mean, we said it last we we said it last week, didn't we? He's just matured as a player, as just an individual over the course of the season. There's so much more to his so much more to his game now. But uh, I I am still when everybody's fit. I am still like you that I, I like him as an impact. I do like him as an impact player, but. It's proves his worth, and, and and you would think if Burns if Burns again isn't isn't fit for Tuesday, he'll he'll certainly start again. I would have thought. Uh, let's try and do a couple. <laughs> do you want the Brandon Williams question, Joe? <laughs> You're getting it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say I'm not even gonna read it. I'm just gonna say Brandon Williams, and then just see what you say. Yeah, same as everyone else. No idea. I there's obviously a lot that's been said about him over the months, and. I didn't expect to see him back. I expected him to go back to Man United in January. He has gone back, but for whatever reason, his loan hasn't been cancelled. So I assume we weren't able to cancel it because he was due to join us 10 days ago, in in 10 days' time, and that was six weeks ago or five weeks ago now. I I, I don't think we'll see anything of him here. If we do, it's a bonus, but I wouldn't be holding out anything on that. Thank you for all of your questions. We've been trying to take the long view and I've been enjoying doing this because I'm just um I'm just absolutely enthralled at where we are and how we're there. But um Dave, that page there takes us nicely up to that said Norwich fixture. We've now ticked off five games in a row. We're very much um looking at that block up until, you know, Southampton in April, which has now been moved. Uh, to a TV game, which is, um, I know lots of people moan about it, but it's just great for the profile that I don't think we're up against Premier League on that Easter Monday. So the viewership for that game is going to be off the charts good. And we're going to be watched by a lot of people there. But Dave, let me just run through. Um, Don't go big on Bristol City because we're doing the extra show tomorrow night. Cardiff away, always a, a long trip and an early kick off that one. Sheffield Wednesday, and as I mentioned, Mr. Ugbo all of a sudden looks quite a bit harder than it did a month ago. Blackburn 
away. Um, they're in the relegation in scrap. And trouble. lots of people keep repeating the old cliche, Ben. You'd rather play a team in mid-table than one <laughs> battling out at the bottom. Yeah, no SHIT, Sherlock. Um, then we get that Southampton-Norwich um, head-to-head. By the way, it's Blackburn. Southampton is the Easter double header. How are you looking at things, Dave? Yeah, I, I just the fixtures, the fixture computer really wasn't that kind to because we'll have had three away games on the trot, being Swansea, Plymouth, and <laughs> Swansea, Plymouth, and Cardiff. Um, just need to throw Bristol City on the end of that <laughs> or something. But obviously, already played them away. Um, look, they're all. They're, as it, as it stands, Ben, they're all quite favourable, aren't they? Look, it, it's uh, Southampton, yeah, tricky, Holloway, Coventry away. They're going to be, you know, they are going to be battling for, you'd think they'd still be back. Well, certainly Hull will. And I think Coventry as well will still be battling for playoff places. So that, that's going to be tough. But Dave, I mean, well, Dave, quickly, can I just add into your thinking? Go on. Forget that. Forget those games that you just mentioned. If we're still around 1.8 or two points per game, I think I think someone might have had a slippy slippy in the meantime, looking at the fixtures of some of the other teams is all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. If we can average 1.8 to to 2, that's got to be good enough, hasn't it? That's got to be good enough. That's going to take you to what's what's I can't even do (laughs) the math. 99 is I don't even know. But yeah, it's um, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing in there that, you know, for this season, there's, there's no games in there that particularly particularly frightens you. Obviously, the Norwich one, I think we're quite right in saying mm-hmm. that with everything around that game, the emotion and everything else, and haven't beaten them for eons. Yeah, that 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 certainly for me is the toughest. Also, but it's not bad, is it? I mean, I mean, <laughs> Huddersfield, Huddersfield at home, last game of the season. Well, seeing that they 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 played really well yesterday against Leeds. I know it's a good. Little, Let's oh, get them out of trouble and on the beach by round forty six. Then that, shall we? No, <laughs> on that note, um, this weekend another one. They got Sheffield Wednesday away this weekend. So again, that's not gonna. That's gonna be David strange. Diamond. I'm gonna look at Leeds and Leicester and Southampton in just a jiffy. But um, Joe, take me up to Easter. Are you are you a bit? I'm trying to hype up this Sheffield Wednesday game. That's bothering me now after their yeah, few but, wins in a row. It, it's funny because this this time last season was when we just had, as we'd come off the back of that sticky run. We looked at the fixture list and it's like. Our next six games are very, very winnable, and then it gets harder from there. And then we just get the points on the board now. Remember, remember saying it, yeah, yeah. We went out and won those six games, and then that momentum just carried us into the rest of it. Like I say, if if we win the games we should win, which we looked at this run here, there's a nine game run of teams at the bottom half of the table. Well, played five, won five so far. Yeah, it'll be amazing if you can play nine, win nine, but you're probably going to drop points in one of those four games. But if you could just keep doing what you're doing and beating the teams you should, should do, if we win the home games we should do and do okay away from home, we, we, you're looking at like 96 points, aren't you? So it's just, you've just got to try and pick up the momentum in this run and roll it into the, because our, our run, like we, I said, we've got these nine games. Our run does get tougher after that. If you look in the last six or seven games a season. You've got Norwich away, you've got Hull away, you've got Coventry away, you've got Southampton at home. That's that's four tough games, sort of probably four of the toughest games of the season in there. But these next four are the ones we've just got to make absolute hay in these next four games. And if, if like I say, if you come out of that with 12 points, we're going to be clear in second place if we can do that. We might even be top of the league if we do that. Well, here are Leicester City's coming fixtures. And 
fascinatingly, as someone pointed out in the chat, and we don't know when this game is going to be rescheduled. I am petitioning for it to be played the Thursday before round 46. I think that would be an excellent idea. Leicester v Southampton. Let's kick that one down the road and Southampton, Leicester and Leeds can all play each other on the last two games of the season. But I can see what people are saying. And obviously, I've, I've quite enjoyed Leicester at times this season. And it, I can see a scenario where they continue to choke. But I can also see a scenario where they just bang out a load of three-pointers here. But Dave, look, Sunderland away on a Tuesday night. You know, I know these are Premier League players and Sunderland have stepped off and Jack Clark's injured and uh, blah, blah, blah. Hull away, um, you know, yep. um, Yeah, yeah. The, uh, as is pointed out, annoyance probably for Leicester fans of a Chelsea FA Cup tie. And you wonder whether that will get kicked down the curb. And I hate to say it, but Norwich is a difficult game for anyone at the moment. And Leicester have to play them um, shortly before before we did, Dave. So what are you heading towards? Are you heading towards, oh, here come Leicester again and a load of three-pointers? Or could, and I'm not talking about a losing streak, but could you, even if you dot in, say, win draw loss win or something no if we keep if we keep hold our, if we hold hold our form and leads continue to to you know to churn out to churn out wins and Southampton also yeah they are they're right back in it you know they must be now I, I saw Maresco on the on the you know Maresco with an A at the end Dave you said, you said Maresco twice now on the AFL show like I prefer it um so I'm on the AFL <laughs> show um on the AFL show last night and um yeah, there's some certainly some some edginess, and quite rightly, you know, quite rightly so. However, you know, you you come back to the squad and look at their squad, and you think, yeah, they will start. You know, it, it's perhaps it is their blip. Maybe it will three. You know, if it go, but you're right. If it goes on much longer, then they're certainly going to be sucked. If they're not now, they're certainly be sucked back in. And as someone said on the pod, and uh, I think you said earlier, Ben, you know, two two teams from four is a shitload better than two teams from two teams from three so but you would think with their squad and the experience of their squad that they'll start they'll start turning it around I would have thought but yeah not two tough games again ahead for them this week uh love tough games loaded into a free game week as well tough games plus tough schedule bits you absolute bloody legend live on YouTube they're 499 on the super chat three times goats on a blue Sunday love the cameo on Alex Griffin's channel by Joe. Um, well, I think maybe that can be discussed um, if he's um, appearing on Rival. Uh, so, no, we love Alex and he's not a rival at all. But um, thank you very, very much, um, Bits. And we're going to say a big thank you to Monkey in the Frog, uh, 999 on the Super Chat there. Longtime lurker and Blue Monday fan. Thank you, um, Monkey in the... Did I say Frog? In the Fog. Uh, just wanted to... Not in the Fog Maresco. in Oxford, back in... Maresco. Uh, He's gone to Tesco with Maresco. Has he? Yeah. Um, just wanted to thank you for all your great work. We town fans are very... Oh, stop it. We're, let's be very honest here. The town fans are bloody lucky to have Kieran McKenna, not us. But um, there we go. Joseph, um, we are going to look at Leeds United's fixtures. I, I suppose we better touch on one of the teams below us, you know. But what are you going to do? It's a joke, Leeds fans. Don't pile in. Um, so, Stoke at home. Sheffield Wednesday away on a Friday night with... That'll be a charged atmosphere there, won't it? Charged, I like that. Um, Millwall at home, um, we'll see how long Harris goes. Watford away, but then Hull and then Coventry. So I reckon there's three 
potential, um, you know, potential little slip moments there if Leeds don't go on another big winning streak? Yeah, they've, they've got, the thing is, they've probably got a tougher, we've got the easier sort of next five and then, then it flips. We've then got the tougher next five. So it's just a case of what, almost like the scoreboard pressure, the league table pressure that you can put on these teams, isn't there? That, like I say, you expect them, they, they don't look like a game where you're going to sit there and win all five of those. So they, 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 look, they look a tough set of fixtures for them. And we just got to make sure we get on top of them because the pressure is going to crank up on those, on those three parachute teams because they are well-run teams with fantastic squads who have spent a lot of money, who have got huge wage bills going into next season, who have got massive expectations from the fan bases on there. I bet up, Joe. And, more superlative. And, Keep it well, going. Come on. But, but, but it is true, isn't it? Like, if, if Southampton and Leicester lose their next home games, they're going to be, it's going to be really, really difficult for them. And, I say you'd love to see it, wouldn't you? The bald fraud struggling. They <laughs> can't say that. It's ridiculous. Um, just finally, Dave, uh, I, I did a video actually on this on my YouTube channel about the kind of fixture difficulty, and it really did have Southampton coming up as the most difficult um, run in. So it's Preston, who are, you know, you just have to be on it against Preston, don't you? They, they beat yep. us, obviously, didn't they? And they're an awkward side to play against. Sunderland at home, meh, whatever. Then there's that. This issue of when's that game going to be rescheduled between Leicester and Southampton? Middlesbrough at home, unfortunately, at the moment is um, is a home win for Southampton, but you never know. They lost to Millwall, didn't they? Um, and then uh, they go to visit us, then away to Blackburn, and then it's Coventry. And I'm assuming, uh, given schedules and whatnot, that postponed FA Cup game has to go the other side of Easter, and there's a free game week immediately after it so it has to go week three or four of april and it's not many weeks left after that day i think the most the, the most crucial game of our season could be the um the um the maidstone home game do you know what i mean yeah that might be a blessing a big blessing um blessing in disguise there we go right um it's been a joyous uh podcast um you guys are going to hear more from uh dave and joe but you're going to hear tomorrow night we're going to give you a bit more time on Bristol City and the Tuesday game. So uh, that will come out as a pre-record. Um, we'd love to say a giant thank you. Um, let's just pull back the curtain. There have been nearly 500 people watching this live stream, which is utterly, utterly incredible. And as someone has just said in the chat, we were here after we lost 3-0 to Northampton. We were here after we lost 3-0 to Wimbledon. We were here after Fleetwood at home and all that depressing stuff. So we're going to bloody well enjoy it now. And we are so, so grateful to, it was such a great thrill for us to be sort of just telling this story whilst you guys are all joining in. Absolutely brilliant. David Diamond, last word from you. Just quickly, um, I, sorry, I, I couldn't see who posted it. I was going past who posted it. But one of the best comments in the uh, in the chat tonight was, um, Kiefer Moore is this season's John O'Rourke. And Joe, last word from you. Resonate anything, Ben? Resonate with you at all? Or? I, I'm just trying to get it under the hour, Dave. So I've moved on. <laughs> just, just keep it. Just keep enjoying it. These these away days they won't last forever. And I say ten away wins this season now, and on top of all the ones last season. What a time to be an Ipswich fan! What a time to be an Ipswich fan! I don't know why I've repeated it, but I couldn't have said it any better than that. We're going to see you tomorrow night to talk about Bristol City. Thank you so much. This has been the Blue Monday podcast, five in a row, second in the championship. What is going on?
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.